0: What up, Long Beach? Welcome back to the one and only Long Beach State Athletics Podcast that features the one and only Athletics Director Andy Fee. It is the LB Fee Show. As always, it's hosted by the562.org, which is myself, J.J. Fiddler, and to my right, my co-host, Marco Abasio.
1: We're down here at Long Beach State every other week bringing you everything you need to know about Long Beach State. We're going to break down the games that are coming up, and we are going to be joined a little bit later by a couple of our favorite track and field athletes. And because Kimani is a long jumper, we actually have track and field represented on the show, so stick around for that. But first, got to bring on Andy.
2: Andy, welcome to your show. Gentlemen, how we doing? It's uh, one. It's time for one shining moment, or just about right tonight. We've got I our know. championship. We, we got to wrap uh, this thing up. Yeah, yeah. We
0: are <laughs> recording this on Monday. You are still shaking off the jet lag from your trip to Minneapolis. You were actually at the Final Four with uh, Deshaun Booker doing the three on three competition that we'll talk about in just a second. Wait, but, was
1: Andy in the three on three competition?
0: I wish.
2: I just spotted <laughs> up behind the arc. That's all I, I did. Wish. No defense,
0: uh, but, but you were you were at the epicenter of the NCAA this week, and and I think that as a member of the institution, I think that's that's really cool. And you're not the only one, right? A lot of athletic directors from around the country travel to the Final Four.
2: All, all over, uh, you know, it's kind of funny, you know, that the Hilton is kind of the coaches hotel and you know it's every ad and every coach that you see in there i mean jim bayheim was in there and
1: a lot of handshaking
2: a lot of handshaking yeah. a lot of people <laughs> holding court as i like to call it. Uh, holding court that's
0: good that, that, that's really good now like i mentioned deshaun booker played in the Dosecki's 3 on 3 U championship that actually had a cash prize for players who have exhausted their eligibility they were seniors this year But get them in there one more time. Get them in a situation where they can play in front of their fans. And they got an incredible chance to do that. Andy, try to paint the picture of what this thing looked like. Because they played it at the Minneapolis Mall of America, right?
2: That's right. So in the Mall of America, which uh, I had never been in before, and is just immense. Literally day one, I think I got lost twice because it's just one (laughs) turn after another. And there must be about 20 Starbucks in there. So that didn't help when people said, go down to the Starbucks and make a right. Uh, but, but really a pretty cool event. So I think 128 players, uh, four players from each conference across America uh, playing, I think it was $150,000 total. Um, and from the Big West, it was uh, Day-Day, Deshaun Booker, Armand Davis from Santa Barbara, uh, Donovan Fields from Poly, and uh, Jonathan Galloway from Irvine. That's really cool. I really like that because it kind of is the most
0: level playing field you could possibly find in college basketball, right? Like it, you, you would assume the Big East, ACC, maybe the Pac-12 could get in there with some talented guys. What was the championship? The Conference of America versus was, Our Lady of Perpetual it, Guilt.
2: It felt like that, and uh, so th- so the champion was the Colonial Athletic Conference. So the Colonial, and they beat the West Coast Conference (WCC), but it's uh, a really unique event. So it's three on three, ones and twos, two points from behind the arc but it's it's kind of street ball it's it's really high energy they have a dj playing music the whole time um, they're not calling a lot of fouls, uh, a lot of pushing, a lot of pulling. I was uh, really
1: hoping to see Book like extend his NCAA, you know, free throw performance. But, well, yes, but
2: <laughs> I talked to to to, to day day after one of the games, and I actually said, "I go, this really doesn't fit your game," because initially yeah. I thought it would, <laughs> right. but because they don't call fouls, right. it does you no good. So I was like, "I guess that doesn't help your game," and he's like, "No, not what I thought." <laughs> And, uh, you know, there's a 12-second shot clock. So, like, the first day, there were so many shot clock violations because guys were hanging on to the ball. Right. But uh, it's really fast place, game to 21, first team to 21, or whoever was ahead after 10 minutes. But it was in the Mall of America, great setting. It was in this kind of rotunda, uh, multi-level mall. So think of your 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 average mall where you could look down, but four levels up, and it, and it kind of felt like the— uh, Mad Max of the Thunderdome, yeah. uh, where it's just everybody hanging over the railing, watching it, and it was absolutely packed. I'm a huge fan of the event. I didn't really know what to expect, um, but I, I think it's just going to get bigger and bigger.
0: Yeah, it sounds like an incredible fan experience, kind of not what the Final Four ends up being, because you're talking about an experience where you feel like you're in the game. You're on top of this action. And then at the Final Four each and every year, whatever airplane hangar they decide to rent that season is going to host the last two games of the greatest tournament of all time. And it always feels so weird because it's like the best, worst television sporting event in the world.
2: Yeah, it's to be honest, I guess when your team's in it, it's obviously unbelievable to be at the Final Four. But for somebody whose team is not in it, it feels really detached because these stadiums are so big that even if you have... Decent seats, you feel really disconnected from the game, and I can only imagine if you're sitting in the upper deck it's it's like watching ants. I mean really, you watch the video board more than you watch the court. so it's a little weird in terms of the the, the emotional connection you have to the game. Um, but obviously it's, it's a huge moneymaker for uh, the NCAA and they're not going to go away from these gargantuan. Oh,
1: definitely not. Uh, shout out to uh, Rob Clark, the, I don't know what you'd call him in relation to this party, the spiritual godfather of the podcast or something. But uh, <laughs> Rob tweeted a picture and he was like, here's the court. I swear there's,
2: I swear there's players down there. <laughs> Completely. You bet. You better bring your binoculars to a basketball game. <laughs> that sure. does not sound right.
0: Well, in the fan experience vein, you know, there's obviously all this talk about the fan experience uh, in, in all college sports, but those ones where the fans are a little bit closer, your basketballs, your men's volleyballs, there's kind of a responsibility on the universities to uh, to, to control the environment. Like, in, in, at a Final Four with that many people, it's like security, right? Like, that's, that's the biggest event. People are ready for that. But I think the stuff that happened at the USC-UCLA volleyball matches this weekend To have it happen on the same weekend as the Final Four, I think it brings into that, like, what is the fan experience? What is a fan? What should you do? What shouldn't you do? All that stuff. And we saw um, somebody from Long Beach, Russell Westbrook, get into it with a fan earlier this year. And I think it's just a good time to remind everybody that, like, as a fan, if you're at your home campus watching your favorite team, if you're at the Final Four watching your favorite team, you should – Present, yeah, you should should (laughs) chill out. You should present a a united and supportive front for your your
2: university, and that's it. Leave all the hate somewhere else. Exactly. You know, we are better than everybody else. I'm just going to flat out say it. Um, Our fans, our supporters, our community. And I always say, you know, what other people do doesn't matter. We're going to do it the right way. Our fans are going to do it the right way. Uh, I like to use, there's an acronym I like to use, CLASS. Right, class, and I like to say it means cheer loud and stay supportive, and to be positive. I mean, cheer your team on, uh, you know. But when it gets personal, there there is a line, and um, you have to remember that uh, you know these are other human beings as well. And you know, hey, you know, get on the other team. You want to you want to cheer, but. Um, there is a line, and 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 I urge, and I know our fans are going to stay away from that line and not cross it, because as I said earlier, we're better than that, and uh, you know the way we represent our community is, is doing it the right way.
1: All right, let's talk about the big, huge week for Long Beach State sports, uh, starting obviously with the number two Long Beach State men's volleyball team, haven't lost at home in a couple years. And they're gonna be hosting a team that has not lost uh, at all this year as number two Long Beach State welcomes number one Hawaii to the pyramid Friday and Saturday at 7 p.m. Those are gonna be packed. Uh, Just talked to head coach Alan Knipe. He says he thinks it might be the best atmosphere that volleyball has ever had in the pyramid. Um, You're talking about two of the, not just the best teams in the country, but two of the best teams of all time going head-to-head. And Saturday, in addition, will be the senior night for the best recruiting class that the school has ever had with uh, TJ DeFalco, Josh Tuenhiga, and Kyle Ensing. A recruiting class with two national players of the year uh, playing their last Regular season home match uh, in the pyramid, so pretty special weekend
0: coming up. I'm very excited. It's like a warm up for the warm up for the main event, right? Because you're going to take on Hawaii here, and then you're going to have the Big West finals, in which Hawaii. you would hope that would include a Hawaii Long Beach matchup again, because we all want this. That's right. Like Mike said, this is historic stuff. These are two of the best teams ever, so why not have them play three weekends over the next six weekends? Yeah, that sounds incredible. <laughs> well, to me. I was just
1: talking to TJ about that. It's like you very possibly are about to play four matches against this team. And yeah, even though this weekend's matches would be like consequentially the least important matches they still feel like it's like a you know like the end all be all is coming to the pyramid so it's pretty awesome
0: Long Beach Nation show up and you know what we were just talking about fan experience you know you don't want to yell at the opponent but like bring the funny bring the funny to men's volleyball matches I don't know why Maybe it's just like the personality of the game, but funny stuff yelled from sta- from the stands in men's volleyball seems to hit harder than any
2: other sport. Be creative, right? Be creative. I, mean, yes. I, I, I love that. Bring kind the of funny stuff. back. And, and it's senior night on Saturday, so yes,
1: it's which I'm just like already. I can't believe that that four years has gone by that fast so for, for particularly that trio of guys that we were talking about. It's just a, an unreal legacy already with hopefully some more hardware coming in the next couple
0: weeks. Yeah. Four years we're going to be talking about for the rest of our lives. That's for sure. Uh, to the other sports here on campus, like Mike said, it's a massive week. Softball team going to be on campus taking on rival Cal state Fullerton in a massive big West matchup. They're going to play the doubleheader on Saturday and then the final game at 1 PM on Sunday, but Lombardi Gonzalez, Fry, Wren all hit home runs in their series victory at UC Riverside to get back on track last weekend, and Wren is now second in the Big West with 36 RBIs, so the Beach hoping for a big offensive week, and Cal State Fullerton puts up some numbers too, so there could be a lot of runs scored in that series at the LBSU Softball Complex this week. On the Big Diamond, the Dirtbags are back at Bull Diamond at Blair Field this weekend, taking on Cal State Northridge. They did upset number five, Arizona State, last Tuesday, 14-9 on the road, but it was uh, one step forward, three steps back, because then they got swept by UC Irvine. Number 19, Anteaters take that one in Big West action. So trying to get right. This is their first home conference series. So the Dirtbag's hoping that some uh, some home cooking can settle their stomachs a little bit right now
1: beach volleyball team uh, number nine is hosting number two usc on thursday at 1 p.m it's going to be a tough week for long beach state uh they've got usc as well as cal is going to be at eleven thirty a.m on friday
0: yeah, Long Beach State already lost to USC 3-2 last year. That was a great match, so hoping for a little bit of revenge. But, uh, but yeah, that's that's tough. USC is very good. Stacking up ranked opponents, kind of like the for Long sure. Beach State's uh, spring schedule idea. Yes, for sure. <laughs> They're
1: playing a murderer's row again, for
0: sure. Uh, women's tennis had a great week. Just wanted to mention them. Zara Lennon won all of her matches and wins over UC Davis and Fresno. And we're about to talk track and field. The men won the Big West Challenge title at UC Santa Barbara. That's not the Big West Championship. That's the Big West Challenge, Big West Championship coming up later this month. Uh, but, yeah, the men won that thing, and the women finished second. So track and field in Long Beach, as you will understand right now, very healthy. It's, uh, it's been a good year so far. Uh, one programming note. The Men's
1: Volleyball Final Four that is happening in the pyramid May 2nd and 4th, uh, we've been notified by Producer Roger and Andy, is basically sold out. So if you want to go to that, you need to call the box office here, 562-985-4949. Get yourself on a waiting list. Uh, as potentially more tickets become available or something else, you might be able to still get in. Uh, you should try and do that. It's going to be a pretty unbelievable event, and uh, we're, we're pretty fired up for it. Now, as we bring on our special guests, I just want to remind Long Beach State fans about the 562.org and all of the coverage we've been providing for you crazy Long Beach State fans. We've got a daily newsletter. We've got highlight videos, previews, recaps, photo galleries, and Twitter updates from all of your Long Beach State action.
0: All right, we're going to welcome on our first special guest. She's one of the best female sprinters around and was also an NCAA qualifier last year after being part of that Big West champion 4x1 relay team. She hails from Canyon Country, California. It's Azaria Hill. Azaria, thank you so much for coming on the show.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having
0: me. Are you excited? Or are you nervous? You look like you're a little bit nervous. <laughs> I'm a
3: little nervous.
0: <laughs> okay. I know.
1: there's not. A, we don't give enough attention to track and field, and this is obviously mm-hmm. a city where it should get more attention than maybe any other sport. So mm-hmm. thank you for being on the show, first of all.
3: Thank you um, for having me.
1: And we just want to talk – I think we want to go behind the scenes a little bit because you particularly, when you run a 100 – People see you for like 12 seconds, hopefully 11 seconds, maybe 11 and a half seconds. (laughs) Um, And I don't think people understand how much work goes into that 11, 11 and a half seconds. Right. right? So can you break down for us and for the listeners, what would a typical training day be like for you to prepare for that race?
3: Oh, a typical training day. um, It it all depends on the day. You know, my coach has everything structured so that each day we're working on something different where that's speed endurance or speed or technique or something like that. So on a typical day for like a sprinter, we'll do, you know, 120s or like 80s and, you know, um, do buildups and stuff like that. So um, that just helps with you know our speed and just our form and our technique and there's just some days where she just focuses strictly on drills and just learning how to run correctly because you know one little one little you know misstep or um not correct form can be all the difference in that 11 9 or 12 flat and you know hundreds of a second mean everything in you know track not with not with just sprinting, but, you know, with longer distances and all that stuff.
0: Uh, by she, you're talking about Coach LaTanya Sheffield. Yes. What type Chef. of, what type of coach, coach is she? Because she obviously, I mean, she has done it all, right? She's seen yes. it all. So are you guys just trusting her 100% all the time?
3: Oh, Coach Sheffield, um, she's great. So for me and all the other athletes, yes, we trust in her 100%. You know, I feel like a part of, um, you know, performing well and – Um, getting better is trusting in the process and trusting in who you're with and coach Sheffield I feel like has um, definitely all the accolades and has definitely been where some of us want to go and have and are going and stuff like that so I feel like she's like the perfect coach to help us get us to where what we're trying to accomplish so you know she's been there as far as being an Olympic coach being an Olympian you know being a college athlete herself and just she's been through it all so it's like she knows how we're feeling and what we're going through when we feel a certain type of wear, when we get what we call booty lock, which is like, kind of like cramping in yes. your butt area, yes, if right. you don't know what that is. Um, it's not in your thigh, right? Right, it's, right, it's yeah. <laughs> right. It sounds, it sounds like the next big dance It's self right. It's the so. dance you
1: don't want to be doing after you've been running, <laughs> Exactly. For sure.
3: So, um, you know, she knows where we're coming from and what we're feeling, so she can better cater to our needs and what we need to fix and stuff like that in well, training.
1: She, I mean, she's, we, we, I absolutely love her. I mean, I think she's one yes. of the best assistant coaches I've ever been around in any sport. Um, I got a chance to see her with you guys uh, up at NCAAs last year, right, and it was right. just obvious you guys were all having so much fun. Yes. I mean, it was like, you know what I mean? It was <laughs> yeah. just like, we're here, we're making history. I don't think yes. the school had ever sent a women's four by one, which no, is crazy. No, that was amazing. Uh, it was um, it was fun. Yeah, was and fun. now you're back, you get to try and make more history. How excited were you to, I mean, anytime you're at a university and someone says you're part of the first time this ever happened? Right. that's got to be exciting right so how yes. excited were you to come back this year and try and make more history
3: oh my gosh um after that experience it just made me more excited and more ready to uh just get the season going for next season and trying to accomplish the same thing if not better and um um it definitely was an amazing opportunity that we got to um receive with Coach Sheffield by our side and stuff. And I feel like it was a good it was kinda like a cool like gift to kinda like give back to our coaches with winning um conference and with going to nationals because all three of our coaches lost their moms. And so like it was um it was kind of I don't know, it was like a good
1: It was a thing. It was an emotional like, year yeah, and it was nice emotion. to end it in a celebratory kind of a way. Right? Yeah, yeah. So
3: it was just nice to just get that opportunity and be able to like kind of bring that back and be able to share that with you know my teammates and you know just bring three returning back on four by one so that we can you know make it happen again
0: so. well speaking of family you have mm. some very interesting family <laughs> ties both your mom Denine and your dad virgil are both former olympians they competed yes. in the 1984 olympics here in southern california they're just olympians yeah. there's no such thing as a
3: former
1: olympian you, oh yeah i guess get, that's we true we get killed on that every time we say that yeah it's, that like, is it's true. like being a marine if you're an olympian do your parents ever point that out to people
3: no they're they're very humble about okay. you know being olympians so they don't really even mention it at all so okay it's
0: like, well then i'm gonna stop calling agree? myself a former athlete yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how about yeah. that and that's gotta be that's gotta be amazing, right like yeah. like at what point in your life do you remember it clicking that oh my gosh, my parents did something that like very few people in the history of this world were able to do
3: um I don't know when it started clicking, I just you know my mom and dad they're just mom and dad to me, but um, you know it was very cool that like. They met at the 84 Olympics and, you know, both did well in their respective events and stuff like that. So that's really cool, like, being able to have, you know, those genes, that genetic pool and stuff. That is but, major um, goals. What yeah. was also They met
0: at the Olympics
3: yeah, as Olympians. Yes. Yeah. That's where they met. <laughs> well, dad, dad's a boxer.
0: <laughs> yes. Mom's track star. Yes. Was there ever any pull to get in the squared circle? Put the gloves uh, on a little bit?
3: I never thought about uh, <laughs> the boxing, but maybe my dad, but uh, <laughs> I never thought about that. I mean, as long as I can remember, I knew I always wanted to, like, just run. But my parents never pressured us into doing, you know, any any sports or just to go into that. They just wanted us to choose what we wanted to choose. And I also think what was um, cool about me going here, because I hadn't thought of Long Beach State, um somehow we got in contact with the coach and my mom knew uh coach Sheffield because they ran together and so like it was a cool experience and I was like oh this this felt like home and like she just reminded me of my mom and like a lot of the things that she did and with my aunt and stuff so it's like it was really cool it's like a like a reunion type thing
0: yeah that hill family circle it's a tight circle. Yeah. <laughs> that thing tight. It's tight
1: and very talented. Yeah, sure. very talented
0: cool. for sure. Uh, Zari, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really thank appreciate you. it. Uh, you know how important these next few weeks are. So yes. obviously, best of luck.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: All right, we're now gonna welcome on our second special guest, also from the award winning Long Beach State Track and Field Program. He is a long jump record holder here at Long Beach State. He's also one of the best quarter milers and he's a native son of Long Beach. We've been covering since he was at Wilson High School. It's Kamani Briggs. Welcome to the show.
4: Thanks for having me.
1: We're uh, I, I mean, so first of all, before we get into all the questions and everything, Wilson Polly dual meet on Wednesday. Who's gonna win?
4: Oh, I'm gonna have to give it to Wilson. I, mean, <laughs> I obviously, I mean that coach over there, all those coaches over there know what they're doing. So I'm excited to see how it's going to end up. I might actually show up and show my face to see. Come how through, it's gonna
1: end up. come through. You, yeah, you and me, we can sit in the corner and just make fun of all day. <laughs> It'll be good. Um, how fun is it to be? You know, you're in your hometown, but there's also been kind of a Long Beach movement here in terms of track and field. I mean, you got Vincent Calhoun out there, obviously, with the jump crew. And then Holly Harris is over here. I think she's your sports information director, who's also a Long Beach girl. How fun is that, not just being in your hometown, but having that hometown feel with the people around you, too?
4: Oh, it's great. I mean, we all grew up basically in the same area, competing about the same time, obviously the same sport. And it was just a really good feeling. It just shows how how everybody in one community can just still come together and still be a part of one team, no matter what, what the case may be. Like We all have a different directions of how, how we get to places, but I mean... We all have our pit stops where we can you know connect with each other, but it's it's very very home like home like area, and the fact that we're all in the same area makes it even better.
0: Do you have any favorite memories from growing up here in Long Beach? Any hangout spots?
4: Uh, uh honestly, my high school hangout spot was the Pike, and it's not like what it is now. It's a <laughs> shopping outlet now. What you can say that,
1: but the the Pike you grew up with is not like the Pike that I grew up oh, with, which you would not now. have wanted to have hung out at. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> Definitely not. I mean, it, it took me a minute to realize that uh, there's a a, a a part in the at the Pike area where it used to be a roller coaster. Yeah. I didn't know that at all. It took me a minute to realize that, but the area that it is now, it it is really uh, a scene to be.
0: Ever changing, ever shifting. You actually got a huge culture shock in a way when you went to Texas Tech, come out of Wilson High School, mm-hmm. and then you came back to Long Beach. What was that like? Leaving home, but then getting like the reunion type feel of being able to come back.
4: Oh, uh, Texas Tech, it was more of I wanted to kind of do my own thing, kind of get away from family, kind of just see how I am uh, mature-wise, kind of responsibility to be on my own and everything, and they they treated me very well. It was just a really good experience um, for me to grow up and kind of do my own thing, and it was just really good, but unfortunately me, it wasn't really a a good fit for me, so I decided to come back home to where I have all my family around, my friends around, and it was just... I was greeted just like the same way as like I never left.
0: Do you feel a difference on the track? Do you feel a difference working out? Like, did it feel
4: better when you were home than when you were working in Texas? Um, uh, no, not really. I mean, I kind of got a sense that the coaches that I had from from high school and then going into tech, they they had similar coaching styles. So I kind of kind of put them together, and like just like everything else, it was like family oriented. So I kind of made myself a part of that team and made myself feel at home. So it was kinda of similar to me.
0: Well it's easy to get into the team when you set a school record, I think like within the first year or two of coming back the jump of 26 feet, two and three quarters inches. Uh, that's like four of me. Laid on the ground. It's actually <laughs> over four of me laid yeah. on the ground. And we were talking earlier about how uh, when Mike and I. Happen? Can no. we find a couple more? <laughs> when we were uh, in London for covering the Olympics, Mike tried to uh, recreate Mike Powell's famous 29 foot jump in yeah. the 91 Olympics.
1: I made it almost 5% of the way.
0: Almost. You, like I said, you <laughs> turned your hips, you were, yeah. it, it was done. So, Kamani, if you were to give this Mike the best advice for next time he tries to do a long jump, what Ooh. is the best advice for a long jump?
4: Uh, honestly, what got, what got me through was uh, a lot of the conditioning, a lot of the, the strength, a lot of the power, but also what really helped, though, too, was my technical form. So yes, you want to have the the power and the strength and the speed coming down the runway, but once you get towards the sand, that's all technique, all form, and you really have to keep intact. How
1: they always say, run run fast, jump far, right? And you are mm-hmm. also an elite quarter miler. Uh, you know, we're an all American in the indoor season. Uh, if you could win, if you could win a championship in the long jump or the quarter mile, wh- which one would you pick and why? <sighs>
4: That's actually a really tough choice because I've always been a fan favorite of the 400. But since long jump is something new, something different, yeah. And playing in the sand is just fun to me. Okay. I, I would have <laughs> I would have to go with the long jump only because is this something different like. I'm not knocking the four hundred. It's always been a fan favorite, but the yeah. launch-up is just more fun to me.
1: I I do I absolutely love the the four hundred. I was just at uh, the Arcadia Invitational, and it was it was it's awesome because Polly and Wilson are so good right now. Mm-hmm. They were like one two and two three in that race uh, for the boys and the girls, so it was great. Um, you though, I mean, first of all, let me break it down for me. How different is it running indoor on that track uh, versus outdoor, and which one do you prefer?
4: Oh, okay. So indoor, it's a lot different. For the most part, it's a shorter track, and right. which means that either the curves are more smaller or it's more tighter or the, 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 the straightaways are uh, longer. It just depends on where you're at. Cause, and then they have tracks that have bank tracks to where the curves are slanted, so it'd be easier to get around the curve.
1: The, the bank tracks trip me out. And yeah, every time I watch the like race, you know, it. no. It's, but every time I watch it, I'm worried you guys are gonna fall over. <laughs> it just See, looks and, like you're too far sideways. And there's a way.
4: There's a way to run it. If you're going up, then you kind of have to kind of climb up. You know, use more of your your stride like to get up. But as you're coming down, it's really quick just to kind of keep your form tight. But personally, I I like the outdoor. Like indoor for me, I'm too long. My legs are way too long to try to get around <laughs> those tight curves and. It's just not. i just like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a, uh,
0: a favorite all-time track and field athlete or somebody that you looked up to?
4: Mm. Uh, I would have to look up to Bryce Heinella because he, he was from the area too. And looking at where he'd been through being shot in both hamstrings and the fact that he recovered and still was able to run really well, that's that's something that to really look up It kind of empowered me to you know just keep pushing because anything can happen and you can always push through anything that happens.
1: Great person to look up to as an athlete and as a human being for sure. I mean that's one of the all-time crazy Long
0: Beach sports stories. Well, that was probably top three most emotional things that happened to us when we were over in London covering those Olympics.
1: And he got to he you know they vote, the, the, he he not only got to carry the flag in the closing ceremonies but we found out after that the way you get to do that is they have all of the American Olympians vote. Vote on who gets to carry it, so it was like LeBron voted for Nellum to carry the flag for the country. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like,
0: wow, that's crazy. It got a little dusty in Shaftsbury that yeah, night. Yeah, for, <laughs> for sure. Uh, Kamani, thank you so much for coming on the Great show. Great like interviews with those two, and yeah, so important. So best of luck up, to you so and the rest of the team. An exciting oh, time oh, oh, oh. for Long Beach Track. Mike and I are just going to be track reporters for like the entire month.
1: The of next May. month and a half, yeah, is basically going to be all track for us.
0: So we bringing back Andy to do our recommendations. before Before we get out of here, Andy, what have you got this week? Something that LB Nation should be checking
2: out. I'm going to go with a little comedy, something to make you laugh, the Ron Burgundy podcast.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. Nice. Yeah. uh, It's on the queue for me.
0: Will Ferrell came on Conan O'Brien's show, which we have talked about on this show before, and they were talking about that show and how funny it is. It's a definite check out for sure. Love it. For sure. What, it, you're is automatically
1: there, my favorite athletic director in Long Beach <laughs> a history just because you also like Anchorman. Is it, <laughs> unbelievable. Is, right? there, is there
0: a more strong character... That, I mean, I still feel like you can make a Ron Burgundy reference today. At the volleyball game on Saturday, if somebody yells a Ron Burgundy reference, the place will erupt in laughter. And that movie's like 15 think, years old.
1: I think TJ literally tweeted a Ron Burgundy gif like yesterday. Yes. This is what I'm saying. I believe, I believe
2: that is correct.
0: Yeah. Some staying power, man. Unbelievable staying power. Anchorman
1: filmed in Long Beach. Also, also true. All of the outside scenes right. right. filmed in Long Beach. All of the fights and everything. Uh, my recommendation uh, is a minute and 50 seconds long, but if you haven't heard uh, Old Town Road yet, I'm a big fan. Fan of the rap country yeehaw movement, uh, as I know basically every athlete I encountered today was uh, listening to or singing it. So I would definitely recommend that.
0: Mike and I grew up in a time where alternative rock and roll was a thing. And then eventually that kind of went away and got replaced anymore. by country music. <laughs> and now rap and country music have teamed together just to just officially kill independent there rock. O- there
1: can only be one genre. Goodbye, <laughs> rock and roll. It was
0: nice having you. Um, my recommendation is uh, go see your friends and your family, no matter what. There's going to be a time in this next two weeks where somebody like invites you out and you're like, mm, I'd rather stay home. Mm, I'd rather do this or that. Don't do that. Surround yourself with the people you love as much as you possibly can. So just keep that in mind as we move forward. And come do it at Long Beach State. Because this is where your family's probably going to end up being anyways. Right here, watching the beach in in action this week. Like I said, I mean, I feel like everybody's playing a massive game. So call that number for the box office, 562-985-4949, and get into it. So for Mike and for JJ and for Andy and for Roger and for everybody. And
1: for his spiritual godfather, Rob Clark. (laughs) At Long Beach State, who helps put this
0: stuff together. We thank you, and we will see you in the stands this weekend. Take care, y'all.